0: We hope you enjoy this episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast, but first, a message from our sponsor. At Modern Law, we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all solution, and we understand that some clients need full representation using every tool in the legal toolbox. This is especially true for custody and alcohol cases, which is why Soberlink has been one of the most important tools for my clients. Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people prove their sobriety with peace and mind during their parenting time. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit Soberlink.com forward slash modern. Hello and welcome to another Modern divorce podcast episode. I am your host, Billy Tarasio, the owner of Modern Law Divorce Attorney. And we also are the owners of Win Without Law School and um, I Do Over. And today I am joined by an expert who's going to walk us through transitioning from very high conflict divorces into workable and healthy um co-parenting relationships and that might not be exactly what you think it is but we're going to talk about that and today we are joined by Tessa Noel with Kind Mama Divorce Coaching how are you doing today Tessa
1: good thank you for asking and thank you so much for having me on Billy absolutely happy I, to I follow you me. on your socials so I was just honored when um you guys reached out and asked me to to be a part of this i'm a certified divorce coaching co-parenting specialist and um i think we follow each other on on our socials
0: well, I was just gonna say, if if you you have a great social um platform, I see you most on TikTok. I think you're also on Instagram, right?
1: Yeah, I'm Coach Kind Mama on both platforms.
0: And I just love your content. I think it's it's really great. It's really kind of grounding and very much perfect for people who are kind of in the moment, I think, and coming out of a very high conflict divorce. So tell me about what you do. Um,
1: So I work mainly with moms who are going through high-conflict divorce, and I really like to give them kind of a a bigger perspective uh, uh, of what they want going into this co-parenting relationship, right? And a lot of times I see, to be frank, completely unrealistic expectations, Um, so... (laughs) I don't know if you see these um videos on TikTok of these I- idealistic co-parenting relationships where they're having they just went through a divorce a year ago and they're having blended family birthday parties and the new girlfriend is best friends with the bio mom and everyone gets along and they've got like this flexible parenting schedule where you just take the kids whenever whenever you want them um that's completely unrealistic. If you're coming out of a high conflict divorce, you aren't afforded the luxury of being best friends with your ex. And frankly, I, I don't see why you would want to want to be. Um, but so what I do is I manage these expectations and I offer tools um, for high conflict communication so that and and really effective methods of setting strong boundaries with your co-parent. I like to see the shift go from, you know, these expectations and thinking you're going to be best friends with your high conflict co-parent to as long as I keep the children out of the conflict of my divorce and we're making decisions that are child centered, that is a successful co-parenting relationship. Right. And, um, so I'm a life coach. So I sit down with my clients, We talk about what's going on in their life. I connect them with their best self and who they want to be five years from now, right? Who, what, what they want for their children, what they want for their co-parenting relationship. And then I set steps in order to get to that best self, right? I'm going to make sure that my clients are, are developing that the habits and routines
0: to reach that goal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, there there is there are a lot of people out there who don't have realistic expectations and then there's a lot of judgy people out there who will flippantly say, "Well, why can't you all just get along for the best interests of the kids? It's not that hard." How many times have I heard it's not that hard, which is ridiculous because we're talking about a relationship, which means it's unique. So might not be that hard for one set of humans is not going to work the same for another set of humans. Exactly.
1: Especially fresh out of a divorce. And what I like to to see is this period of detachment where you're redefining your relationship after divorce. Mm -hmm. There needs to be this detachment from the old toxic dynamic that existed in the marriage And you need to completely rewrite those rules, right? Um, Maybe you're used to criticizing the other person or or constantly telling them how to parent. That can't exist if you're going to have a healthy co-parenting relationship. There needs to be this period where you're pushing the reset button and saying all of these roles and expectations that existed aren't going to exist anymore. And I'm going to learn how to be a cooperative co-parent. And it's funny because I recently heard another divorce coach talking about how unless you have two um dedicated committed co-parents um successful co-parenting is a pipe, co-parenting is a pipe dream and I thought no no it's not. That's it only takes one dedicated parent to to set a goal of I'm going to have a good co parenting relationship, right? And it's going to be hard and it's going to take a lot of research and it's going to take dedication. But if you're, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> right? I know from experience, I'm not ever going to teach anyone anything that I haven't lived myself. So I know that you can say, I'm going to have a great relationship with my co parent one day. As for now, I'm going to implement these boundaries and these tools so that we can stay focused on the children.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is a great point. And what is a great co-parenting relationship? It's going to change over time. The other thing I want to mention is that when you are going through litigation, so you've got the, what you were describing, the toxicity of a broken marriage, which always exists before you're getting divorced. Then for many people, they go into litigation. Litigation is even worse than what was happening in your house before you were breaking up, because now every conversation is a potential exhibit. Any mess up that somebody makes is ammunition, is a tool that can be used for somebody else. Litigation, it just is what it is. It pits people against each other. That's the whole point. (laughs) So coming out of that, people are probably at their lows relationship-wise and recognizing that this is our low and I want this to be our low. So how do I make sure that it gets better from here? Right.
1: <clears throat> what i see as well is a lot of these parents making fear based decisions right mm-hmm. they're they're letting the fear of what if this is going to get me into trouble mm-hmm. i want to plan a vacation with my kids but i know that if i tell them the dates um they're going to do something and they're going to ruin it so how do i so then they're they're you know caught in this decision do i just sneak and do it do i or do i do it the right way and end up having to go back to court and getting a court order. So I can take my kids on vacation. Right. It's like they're being constantly with these, these fear-based decisions. Um, and so what I like to say is just, you know, always follow your parenting plan, your court order parenting plan. Absolutely. That is the boundary, right. And fresh off of that divorce, as soon as you get that co-parenting or that parenting, that court order parenting plan, you don't yet you don't yet have the ability to be flexible with that boundary. Um, After it's put into practice and you guys are are getting along better, yes, be flexible with it. But as soon as you get that court order parenting plan, stick to it. You don't want something to be used against you, right? Also um, keep your communications in writing. I like to see my clients using a a parenting app. Um, And, research methods of high-conflict communication, right, so that you're not accidentally trigger, triggering your high-conflict com- co-parent. I actually came up with my own um, method after researching all of the methods, right, gray rock, yellow rock, this method, everything. I kind of came up with my own because it has to be this this balance. You can't go no contact with your co-parent. You can't. And, and it's going to make – Family court think that you're the high conflict co-parent, right? Refusal to co-parent. And in a lot of states, your ability to co-parent is factored in when they're determining custody. So um, I came up with the KIND method of co-parenting communication. Um, It's K-I-N-D. So the K stands for keep it short. Does this this message from my co-parent even require a response? If so, keep it short. Uh, two to three sentences, never a paragraph. The I is it informs of the answer, um, but doesn't offer explanations, doesn't offer advice. Um, We're not going to say sorry, or use or use um, the word unfortunately, sorry, could be taken as an admission of guilt, as you know, Um, unfortunately, just sets the tone you're going to use as it turns out instead. Um, keep it nice, but not condescending. So customer service friendly. Add a little high at the beginning, and a uh, you know maybe maybe you have a nice day at the end. Maybe not. Um, and then the D is for determines the end of the conversation or gives two options. Um, you're if they're gonna message you with some wild crazy accusations, you're just gonna respond to it as um, you know that's not true. Um, but you want to acknowledge their concern or frustration, but don't repeat it. Just keep it as short as possible. And so that's the kind method that I came up with. But the first step of that is always, always determine if it's even, uh, even requires a response.
0: Absolutely. And at first, when you're in a very, very toxic dynamic, it literally feeds itself and you're feeding each other. And sometimes cutting that off and not responding and really letting that like kind of detox happen can be a really great thing.
1: Right, because you're letting them know we're not just going to chat about the things that went wrong in my marriage. That doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. You don't have access to me like that anymore and I will not just you know, it's not enough to just try to set a boundary with them. It's not enough to say, we don't talk only, only message me about the kids. You don't even respond to messages like that because it doesn't have anything to do with the kids. You don't have to. And, um, you got to protect your peace.
0: (laughs) So what are some common mistakes that you see people make in their high conflict relationships coming out of divorce?
1: Um, I think is continuing that dynamic, continuing that toxic dynamic, not having that period of detachment. They think that, oh, I'm just going to teach them that I'm going to stand up to them now. They can't control me anymore. But then they're continuing this frequent contact with with the co-parent where they're going back and forth and they're getting in fights with them. And it really takes a lot of self-reflection and being able to detach from your own ego and say, my ego wants to defend myself. My ego wants to get in a conversation with this person, but for the best of my children and for the best of keeping my peace, I'm just going to let it sit, right? And not getting wrapped up in that same dynamic and not getting pulled into those arguments like you used to, right? And being able to say, oh, I really want to respond to this person. And I really want to say, tell them what I think. And just and being able to fight that urge and not respond at all, that's what's going to help rewrite that dynamic and help stop the toxicity.
0: Okay. Um, And how often do you see people transition from a high conflict co-parenting relationship to one that is pretty good?
1: (laughs) It really depends. I mean, I have clients that are 10 years out, right? And still dealing with the same things that they dealt with in their marriage, And they're just now finding me and I'm teaching them these methods of boundary setting and these methods of effective communication. And they're going, why didn't I, why didn't I have you 10 years ago? It's because 10 years ago, they didn't make that choice to say, I'm no longer going to let this toxic dynamic exist. And I'm going to set a goal to not have this control my life anymore and not make fear-based decisions and not continue the conflict, right? you You really have to set that as a goal in your life and say, this is not going to continue. Um, And then move forward, figuring out how to make that a possibility, reaching out to resources, taking classes, reading books to figure out how to um, release yourself from from that toxicity. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is it really does not matter what the other person does. You yourself can make choices and take actions that will completely change the dynamic. That is what I'm hearing you say.
1: That's exactly what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, empowering. you don't have to
1: let someone control your life.
0: What's that? That's empowering. That's great news. Right.
1: Right. Um, and I feel like a lot of people think they're stuck still, right? They 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 want to escape this this high conflict person, but then they have to continue co parenting with that person, and through that, you know, comes manipulation and um, accusations and control, and it feels like, why did I even get divorced if I'm still stuck, right? And that's the word stuck is I hear my clients saying, I feel stuck. I don't know what to do next. We're still fighting. We're still doing this. And and it takes a lot of work, but it's possible for sure.
0: Okay. That's what I teach my
1: clients to do every day. So
0: I love that. And you run a support group, correct?
1: Yes. So every Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, I do an hour-long support group. So for that support group, I'm really stepping out of my role as a coach, and I act more of, as a facilitator. And I let my um, the attendees, who are m- moms going through divorce, kind of connect with each other. And what's really cool is we've got a chat section in the, in the it's audio only, so you don't actually see the person. And you can, it gives kind of more of a comfort in being able to talk about what you're going through. And it's only moms in that group. But, um, there's a little chat feature. And what I found out is some of my clients are using the chat feature to say, Hey, what city are you in? I'm in San Diego too. And they, they actually, two of the members of the support group met for coffee the other day. They both um, realized they were in the same city. And so, um, it's really amazing because that was the whole point of this group is to be able to offer a safe space for moms to talk about their experience and connect with each other. And that's to see that that's happening is I, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> That is awesome. Um, oh, but the link is in the bio. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so if you, it's free. And so if you go to any of my socials, my um, coach kind mama, Instagram or TikTok, the link for that group is in my bio. Wonderful. And if people
0: want to contact you for coaching, how can
1: they do that? Um, they can go to my website, kindmamadivorcecoaching.com or again, any of my socials, just click, click the link in my bio.
0: Awesome. Well, Tessa, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing these wonderful, empowering tips that people can take away today and start changing their co-parenting relationship. It's been a very valuable episode. Check out Tessa. Make sure you check out her support group. You check out her coaching. I think she's a tremendous resource for people who really want to change this co-parenting dynamic. And if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to download it, rate it, give us some stars, tell your friends about it, share it, and... And if you know a great guest, reach out to us and let us know. Tessa, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Billy. I know you're very busy. So thanks for taking the time. a <laughs>
0: day. One consistent theme you'll hear from me, Billy Tarasio, is that we do not believe in a one-size-fits-all solution. That's why at Modern Law, you can find anything you need for your family law case. For the highest stakes litigation cases, we've got experienced family law attorneys who can offer you representation. We also have embraced newly licensed legal paraprofessionals who can offer you legal representation for less. And if you just need your documents prepared, we can offer certified legal document preparers as well. If that's not for you, and instead you are representing yourself, congratulations. You are like one of the 70% of people out there doing it on your own. And our newest offering, Win Without Law School, can help. For more information about Win Without Law School, go to winwithoutlawschool.com. To get representation options, go to mymodernlaw.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.